Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Screaming in Silence podcast, Living the Lucky Life. For most of us, severe pain is thankfully a fleeting experience, but for some, like myself, it's a permanent companion. For the past 25 years, everything I have done or experienced has been accompanied by chronic pain. Yet, to the surprise of most, I consider myself one of the luckiest people alive and I'm thankful for this journey. Through this podcast series, I'll share with you my story and the insights I have gained that have allowed me this perspective. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. These words were prominently displayed on my father's office desk, on a sign he had handmade himself. At the time, my father and I did not really see eye to eye. I would have been maybe 15 years old and I knew it all when he knew nothing. So I dismissed that sign on his desk, not paying it a moment's notice other than to sneer in its direction. Even if the message it conveyed wasn't on his desk, my attitude at the time would have meant I still would not have paid any attention. I was a teenager and I could change anything and everything. I certainly didn't need a sign telling me what to do. Just seven years later, the lesson from those words would help shape my future far more than I could have ever imagined as that impetuous 15-year-old. In the intro to every episode, I make it clear that I consider myself to be incredibly lucky and thankful to have had this journey, the implication being that I wouldn't change it. How can this be? How can 25 years of unending pain and physical disability be something to feel lucky about? How can someone not wish for it to have never happened? Surely living mostly pain-free and with a fully able body would have been easier, more pleasant. I don't doubt for a moment that it would have been. This journey has been incredibly tough at times, dealing with the pain and adapting to living with one arm. What if it had never happened? Well, we will never know, so there's no point dwelling on such a pointless proposition. The past is written in stone. What I do know, however, without a shred of doubt, is that I wouldn't be the person I am today. That, in my mind, would be a huge loss. Who we are and where we are right now is a direct result of almost every decision we have made in our lives, every event that has transpired. Most of these decisions or events are forgotten or are seemingly insignificant, but they all play a role. I, however, have a very intrusive daily reminder of decisions and events that have shaped me to be who I am today. This injury never lets me forget that. I've often been asked if I regret having the accident, or that if I could change it, would I? In fact, the assumption is that of course I would change things so it didn't happen. To this question, my answer is, and always has been, a firm no. This surprises most people, and sometimes I even get challenged on it. Once I have explained why, though, most people begin to understand how I arrived at this decision. From the moment in hospital that I was able to begin to understand what was going on, I've felt this way. One of the very earliest memories I have after the accident was, as I recounted in episode 1, when my mother said to me, I always knew something like this would happen to you. You'll remember my response, that maybe I didn't have that accident, Instead, I got hit by a truck running a red light on the way home and was killed. Even at the very time, only a few days after the accident, I was already thankful for where I was and acknowledging how lucky I'd been. Realising that I was lucky to be alive because of a maybe wasn't the reason why I would have no regret or desire to change what had happened though. That realisation would come a few years later thanks to the birth of my three children. They were all born after my accident, after the day that drastically changed the direction of my life. To wish I had never had the accident would mean with almost no uncertainty that the three children I have and hold dear today would never have been born. Whether I would have had other children is irrelevant, the three I know today would not exist. To me, wishing I never had the accident means wishing I never had my two daughters and my son, and that is something I could never do. 
When I look back over 25 years of pain and struggle, I see the smiling faces of my children. I hear their laughter. I remember joyous times. I remember teaching them how to ride a bike. I remember reading stories to them. I'm flooded with beautiful memories. Memories that only exist because of my journey. I'm then reminded of all the other people who have come into my life after my accident, a direct result of the path my life has taken. Almost without exception, I owe a lot to the experiences and opportunities they brought to my life. Without my accident, I may have never met these people and gained what I have. This journey has also brought me numerous opportunities I might have otherwise missed out on. I've always liked helping people see the best in themselves and overcoming difficulty. One of my strongest memories from early school life was when I was around 10 years old. We had a whole school sports day and at one stage I noticed a new boy, a five-year-old Fijian who was standing back, not involved and looking dejected. I stopped what I was doing and went over to see if he was okay and then realised he wasn't joining in because he couldn't catch a ball if one was thrown to him. I spent the next hour or so with him, gradually increasing the distance between us as I gently threw him a ball until finally we could stand a dozen or so paces away from each other. He was now confidently catching the ball, or if he dropped it, excitedly picking it up and returning to a spot to try again. I missed out on a few events that day, and as young competitive boys, we all wanted the bragging rights, but I did get to make a difference in someone else's life. I don't remember where I came in any of the events I took part in that day, but I vividly remember seeing the change in his demeanour. The look on his face had gone from loneliness and fear to one of laughter and confidence, And it was me that brought that change about, and I remember that was a pretty cool feeling. It's the same feeling I get now when I hear people say they've been inspired by my journey. From family, including my children, friends, specialists I've seen, and even total strangers, I've been told that what I have to say has inspired them, maybe given them a new perspective. Not everyone will share the same sentiment, heck, I didn't for a long time, I just felt that I was doing what anyone in my position would do. But enough people have told me over the years that my story was inspiring, so I slowly began to accept that maybe I should listen to them. There were also a couple of key people in my journey who had helped convince me that I had something to offer. Both were specialists I was seen for pain management. At first, I resisted what they had to say about me too. However, they would both use practical experiences on me to illustrate where my thinking differed from a lot of other pain sufferers. Even now, I still don't feel entirely comfortable with this label of being someone who inspires. But I do believe if even only one person can benefit from what I have to say, then it's worthwhile me getting my story out, and that my journey becomes meaningful. As I've found the confidence to be more open about my experience and share it more, I've been lucky to get that feeling again of helping others. I'm sure many of you will know how immensely rewarding this is, something that really enriches your life. Thanks to my journey, I get to encounter this feeling regularly, and as this podcast reaches more listeners, the chances of it helping someone in need grow greater with every day. Maybe something truly good will come from my story. Maybe I needed to go through this so not only I could grow, but for someone else who needed to hear it. Anything is possible, so why not entertain the notion? With that in mind, there can be no room for regret. I can't say for certain what my life would have been like had I not had the accident but I know I would not have had the life or opportunities I have had, the people I have met, nor the children I hold so dear now. I most certainly would have not had the chance to inspire people like I've done. Whether it be in dealing with pain, general perspective on life, or living a full life with a physical handicap. Thanks to these experiences, my cup of personal enrichment is overflowing, and I owe this feeling to my journey with chronic pain and disability. It has made me who I am and brought me to where I am, and I have no regrets about that at all. Instead, it's cause for celebration. 
I've outlined some clear examples of why I don't regret or wish to undo the accident, but not yet explained why it is I feel so lucky. The path my life has taken is one that has really grounded me and given me a different perspective to what I previously had. Many, if not all the lessons I've been lucky to learn from the past 25 years have served to make me a better person. I've learned a greater appreciation of life, including how fragile and precious it is. It's taught me how fortunate I am to be alive at all, and how life is not only made up of experiences, but our perception of these experiences. That we truly are in control of our destiny. We may not be in control of events that lead us there, but how we cope is totally up to us. It's taught me that the life I have is one that is rich compared to so many. Let me expand on this. According to the 2023 UN World Water Development Report, it is estimated that one in four people do not have access to clean, safe drinking water. That's two billion people. Nearly four billion do not have access to basic sanitation. Almost one billion without access to food or electricity. In my house, we have access to clean, safe drinking water in multiple rooms. We have enough food to sustain us for as long as we need until we go to the supermarket again. No one starves to death or dies from drinking unsafe water in our house. We have reliable, safe sanitation and dependable electricity supply. We might have to pay a little more than we would like for some of these, and sometimes it can be a strain making the budget work, but we have them all at our disposal. If anyone gets sick, we go to the doctor immediately if necessary, or the pharmacy to get quality affordable medication. If someone gets seriously injured, then we have top quality doctors and nurses at a well-run hospital to look after them. I'm in pain and partially disabled, and I feel pretty damn lucky right about now. There are literally billions of people who would swap places with me in a heartbeat. I've never had to send one of my children out to scrounge for food, or to beg on the streets, never had to worry about war on my doorstep. I mentioned in episode 4 about the inconvenience of having one arm when using a basket in a supermarket, but that I made the point that at least I had access to food unlike so many starving people in this world. Yet, in the lap of luxury we live in, we forget this, and complain loudly that the supermarket shuts for a day on a national holiday. It might be an inconvenience to us, but it's an impossible dream for so many to have access to a surplus of food in a safe, convenient location available nearly every day of the year. My experience of living with something that is out of my control has taught me what to control, my attitude. When there have been times where i felt this journey has been tough, I'm very quickly reminded that I am in no position to complain. I'm in pain and need to lie down. I have a quite comfortable bed in my quite comfortable home. I'm struggling to make something to eat with one arm. At least I have food at my disposal, clean water to prepare it in a drink, and electricity to cook with. I just want to have a quiet day at home. That's easy when you don't have troops entering your city in tanks. In isolation, my pain is terrible, but on a global scale, it is not worth a mention. Not when I have all that I have. It's easy to see that billions of people alive right now would consider someone in my position, pain and all, to be one of the luckiest people in the world. So, why shouldn't I? I mentioned a greater appreciation of life due to the path my life has taken. This came about when I realised my three children only came into existence because of a certain set of circumstances taking place in a certain order. Any deviation could have jeopardised that, and that in turn got me thinking about what I owe my existence to. Maybe my great-great-grandfather met his wife to be by mere chance, an accident of sorts. Maybe her shoe had come loose, and while pausing to fix it, he crossed her path and offered to help, and from that chance meeting, hundreds of lives were brought about. If their paths had not crossed, generations of people, including myself, would never have existed. You wouldn't be hearing and hopefully benefiting from my story. I'm not a religious person, and I don't believe in fate or that everything happens for a reason. 
But there is no harm in finding a reason in things, especially in hardship. I feel it can give our struggles a sense of purpose. The realisation of how my children only came about as the result of certain events taking place made me realise that life is incredibly special. The odds of me being me are so low that no matter what life throws at me, it's a gift to receive life's experiences at all. I'll never utter the words, F my life, as so many do these days out of frustration, because I've realised I'm lucky to have this life in the first place. Even a life of pain is better than no life at all. This message would resonate strongly for me a few years ago. I was out at our local racetrack with a good friend, and we were talking to a father who had lost one of his sons in a motorcycle racing accident. During the conversation, my pain was stretching me thin, to the point I was no longer involved. I was struggling to stay standing. But the whole time, one thought was replaying over and over in my mind, that this man would most likely do anything to have his son standing in my shoes. So, yeah, a life of pain is better than no life at all. I'm lucky to be alive, lucky to have everything in my life that I do, which includes my pain. It's just another experience I'm fortunate to have. In my opinion, every experience is an opportunity to grow, and I strongly believe we grow and learn more from the experiences that test us, that push us out of our comfort zone, that take us to the edge of life itself. I'm lucky to get exposure to this every day, numerous times a day. I never stop growing because this never stops pushing me. Most certainly I could allow this to wear me down, to beg for it to stop, to give me a break. But that isn't going to happen, at least not today. With that being the case, my only choice is to embrace it. Not to just accept it. Accepting things to my mind is almost like admitting defeat. I have no choice, so I'll just accept this is my lot. For me personally, this is a defeatist attitude. What I needed to do was embrace this change. Take ownership of it and make it work for me. I'm not going to lie and say this is easy, but it's what's required. Choosing to embrace something that is doing its best to destroy you, to tear you down, does not come easy. But the work is worth it. I firmly believe it lessens the impact the pain has on me. And I can apply this to any difficulty or obstacle I'll find in life, and we all know there are many of those for all of us. Embrace difficulty, don't just accept it, and you'll come out a stronger, calmer person. Remember the serenity prayer I quoted at the start of this episode? Yep, those words that I snared at as a headstrong youth would turn out to play a major role in my pain management plan. Funny how our life has a way of coming full circle and smacking us in the face. Or spinal cord. These 25 years have had a huge impact on my personal growth. I know this experience has forced me to learn a lot about who I am and how I behave. I've been judged by what people have seen and not known. I've been called arrogant because people have seen me as being casual or lazy with my hand in my pocket. I've had reports from people that they've heard someone commenting on that arrogant guy riding his motorcycle with one arm. I've felt the frustration being borne down on me as I've fumbled opening a paper shopping bag at the supermarket as people wait to have their turn at the self-checkout. I know these people mean no harm. We all get frustrated when we're in a hurry, or judge too easily when we don't have the full picture. Coming across this has made me acutely aware not to jump to conclusions so easily. To have more understanding that I might not know the full story, to have more empathy for others than I might have previously had. I've had to work on willpower for the past 25 years too. Battling a never-ending fight and not giving up will do that, and I am without doubt that this has helped me in other areas, for example quitting smoking. I smoked for around 24 years before I decided it was time to stop, and for me it was as easy as that. I do admit I stumbled around the time of my spinal cord operation and fell back into the habit, but once the dust had settled from that I was able to put them down again finally. I've also had to work on developing better discipline with patience and not letting life get me too frustrated. 
When you're under duress and you have to wait, it is very easy to want to scream at the world to hurry up. But the world doesn't run on my needs and demands. I have no choice in this, so I've had to learn to become very patient because of my pain taxing my resources. And this has served me well in many other areas of my life. I feel it has made me more compassionate to others' needs than I ever was before. I've learned to be easier on myself at times when I need it, to be more compassionate to myself as well. I've also learned it's so important that we laugh at ourselves, from jamming my hand in a drawer to fumbling around working on my bike to making jokes of others about my situation. It's taught me not to take myself and life too seriously. This journey has also filled me with pride. Pride of what I've achieved despite my pain and disability. From tying my shoelaces, riding motorcycles again to being a father, I've not let this stop me from living life. And my actions have inspired others. I know this because I've been told directly by some of these people. Many years ago, I joined a Facebook group for brachial plexus injury sufferers. I got talking to the guy who started it, a Canadian called Bob, also known as one Arm Bob, and found we had a lot in common. Both of us had the same extent of injury in both via motorcycles, his accident around three years before mine. one Arm Bob hadn't let his injury hold him back either, but he hadn't returned to riding motorcycles until he saw what I had done. This is a direct quote from a message that he sent me last year. I just wanted to reach out and let you know that every time I ride, I think of you. Every time I ride, I get so much joy. With every ride, I get more comfortable and everything just comes more naturally. I like to remind you that I ride again because of you. I never would have got back on a bike had it not been for you. Seeing you ride motivated me. This is nothing new to you as I've made you aware of this in the past. But I just can't express enough how riding again made my life feel more complete. If anything, I hope it puts a smile on your face knowing you've changed someone's life for the better from thousands of kilometres away. Even reading that now chokes me up a little bit. Knowing that something I have done inspired someone thousands of kilometres away to do the same, someone I never would have met if it wasn't for my journey. The sense of achievement and the pride that comes with that does indeed put a massive smile on my face. Thanks, Bob. All of this has made me realise how lucky I am, and most of these experiences and teachings have come from the past 25 years. Without those encounters, I might not have fully grasped just how fortunate I am to be me. I've been lucky enough to be exposed to continual pain and come out stronger and better for it, and to have also had that pain without the physical harm the sensations are usually associated with, burning, crushing, stabbing, etc. If you're still struggling to see how I can consider myself lucky to have been through all this, then consider the following. I choose to see myself as lucky. Because choosing to see it as being unlucky or misfortunate would only frame my experience in a negative light. And what would that offer me? How would I benefit and grow from that? Making the decision to see it as something positive is the only choice. The only way I'll come out on top, be in control, grow and become a better person. To be satisfied with life, more than satisfied. If there's only one thing you take away from my story, please let it be that. Negativity will not benefit us. No matter what the adversity is, we need to frame it in a positive light. We need to use it to grow, not to pull us down. Attitude is everything. Great achievements always come from positive reinforcement, not from negativity, regret, worry or doubt. That is my pain management plan. Attitude and perspective. I don't have a magic remedy to remove all pain, but I have a perspective and attitude that reshapes my thinking of what pain is, and this in turn allows me to better control my response to pain. This way of thinking I've been told by numerous pain therapists is what's known as mindfulness. And while it is something I found immediately and naturally, for many others it is something they struggle to learn or stick with. I've been told by many of these experts that they wish they could bottle what I have and sell it. 
I have no doubt that if my attitude wasn't this way, my suffering would be far worse. Unnecessary worry, negative thinking and fighting what you cannot change will in my experience only serve to accentuate any suffering. Like all of us, I'm a work in progress, with much more learning and growing to do, but I know this experience has accelerated my growth and enabled me to appreciate everything my life has brought me and will continue to bring me in the future, including my pain. This is why I have a smile on my face when the pain is at its worst, because I don't see it as a bad thing, I see it as a great thing. A great thing that will make me stronger, make me a better person, something that inspires people, something that brings greatness to my life and to the lives of those around me, something to celebrate, something to embrace and own, something something to feel damn lucky about. That's this week's episode wrapped up. I trust you can now understand why I feel the way I do. I fully appreciate you taking the time to listen to my story. Next week's episode will focus on the metaphorical mask I wear. We all have one, and they serve a valid purpose, but not without cost. Please check out my website at onewingkiwi.com where you can find more info on me and how you can support the podcast, which thanks to my current patrons has already allowed me to create the website to get my story out to more people. I couldn't do this without you all. Once again, thanks very much, take care, and I look forward to seeing you next time.